welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk. So this week is the final episode of series four. Don't worry, series five is coming. I have already started recording for it. It is full of the most useful, informative information and so much knowledge from professionals in their field. I'm really excited to share it with you. But today you have me and I am going to be catching up with you all with regards to Amaldine and our journey and also answering as best I can your questions. I've had a really brief look at some of the questions. Most of them I'll be able to ask and any ones that I can't ask and I still haven't had any answers back for on our community, I will come back to you on those questions but I'll just have to put it out into the wider sphere and see if we can get those answered for you. But today, I guess the biggest thing that I'm sharing with you all today is that Amandine's crawling because I don't think I've spoken to you before or since she's um, started crawling. She is such a happier baby. So we went through a really whiny period. She just wanted to be carried. She wanted, it made complete sense. She wanted to be carried so she could explore the house and explore outside, but she just couldn't get around by herself. So it made total sense. And I was carrying her and I was picking her up, but it just gave me no time, no time to do anything. I couldn't leave her alone for five minutes and it was tough. It was a tough little couple of weeks. Then the minute she started crawling, so much happier, which means I've been a lot happier as well. I feel like I've been able to have a teeny tiny little bit of space than what I was going through before. As much space as you can have when you're looking after a baby. We haven't had to baby-proof the house too much. I have found we're incredibly lucky downstairs. I think because of all our renovation work, we massively decluttered everything before we moved, and then we haven't recluttered everything when we kind of moved in. Um, I know that was a couple of years ago now, but we just don't um, have much space for things that we don't use all the time. So there haven't really been too many things that we've had to baby-proof. We've put a few corner protectors on, but literally only on a glass top, which we had on top of my father's old trunk, um, and on a sharp bench that was just from Ikea, and that's all we've done so far. We do, of course, have tiled floors throughout the entire floor downstairs, And we've had a few face plants, literally only two, one of them being yesterday, where you, you know, she might knock her chin or she'll slip off something. Or actually, if there's a bit of water on the floor, that's the worst bit because she'll go to put her hand down and then her hand will shoot forward and then she'll land kind of on her face, but not really. I guess it's almost the shock of her just falling forward, I think. We haven't had touch wood We haven't had any falls back yet. That's what's been really worrying me. And I did get the um, a a huge play mat, a little bit too big actually. We are putting an internal wall back into our downstairs renovation. This was always the plan. I know it seems silly, doesn't it, to take out a wall and then put a wall back in, but the wall's going to be glass with sliding doors. So it's um, it's going to be really beautiful and just separate the living room from the kitchen and the kitchen eating area gives us a little bit more um adult space I guess and also if Hendrik wants to relax and chill or I want to relax and chill and someone's cooking or something anyway that's renovation stuff that's boring but it does mean that that rug I bought is now a teeny tiny bit too big because I didn't think about that when I bought it, did I? <laughs> and as you will probably know, Hendrik wasn't too keen on me buying this rug. Anyway, I will 
the, the wool won't be, it takes like three months to make, so it won't be put in until November. So I have until November to figure that one out. But anyway, she has started crawling and we had a bunch of comments from just friends and, you know, they were being lovely. It wasn't, wasn't meant in any harsher way, but it was the kind of you just wait comments or enjoy it whilst it lasts comments about Amandine not crawling. And But for us, it has been a total game changer. It's not like this for everyone, obviously, but Amandine being able to crawl has made me so much happier Amandine's so much happier and that's the most important thing. I mean, they do, it is really true. Happy baby, happy mummy, happy mummy, happy baby. It's so true. So I encourage you all to enjoy where you're at, but also don't worry about your baby starting crawling. Really don't worry. And also they don't start, well, okay, Amandine, I'm talking from my experience. Amandine didn't start crawling and then just whiz off out of sight she went slow and steady, so I could see, I was watching her closely, I could see what she was paying attention to. For instance, she really loved the glass top on my father's trunk, so she would go over to it and try and grab it, and she'd sit really close to it because she'd pull things off the top of it. So I knew that we needed to get corners for that really early on. There are other things which may be a potential danger, but she's not showing interest in them yet, so until she does, I'm not going to show interest for instance, in our house, at both ends of the living and kitchen area, we have two fireplaces. So one at the further side, one at the other side. They both have um, very large wood-burning stoves. They Wood-burning stoves have doors, but they get incredibly hot. So through the winter, that's something that we're going to obviously have to look at getting maybe some fire guards or fixing some fire guards so she can't even get into the alcove. We're going to have to look into that. Right now she's not paying any attention to them. She doesn't go up into the alcove. She doesn't even try and touch them. She doesn't reach for the handles or anything like that. But I can see, obviously, that's an accident waiting to happen. So we will do something about that. But also we do find we don't really have them on very much. We find downstairs does get quite smoky with um, them on and we personally don't think it's very good for her lungs and her to be in. So it might be something that Hendrik and I put on once she's gone to bed. So not too worried about that just yet. But I think I've had a, quite a few questions about baby proofing and I would just say take it slow. Don't order everything. You know, you can get so much now. But just make sure there's not sharp objects on the floor or <laughs> we had this. We had ants coming inside our house at the beginning of the summer, so we bought these little ant traps. It just essentially traps the ants and makes it like a sticky residue inside. They crawl in and then they get it on their body and then they take it down into the nest and um, they die. I know it's really bad, isn't it? But we did have a real problem with them. Anyway... We uh, found Amandine actually sitting with that at one point. Luckily, it didn't go in her mouth, so we just had a very big hand-washing session, just in case. But, yeah, you know, things like that that you might have forgotten about. Mouse traps tucked under kitchen cupboards that somehow they might reach. Things like that, you know? You want to make sure they're off the floor for obvious reasons. Things like food bins. If your food bin's on the floor and your baby has learned to lift the lid you might not want them chucking out your whole food bin onto the floor that kind of stuff so crawling has just been the best thing for us we haven't put up a stair gate yet 
Although, when I leave her upstairs crawling around and I'm kind of in between rooms just tidying up or whatever, I do have to either shut her in the room with me now or keep a very, very close eye on her. She has started to go to the top of the step and just look over the side. I'm obviously not willing to take any risks with her falling down the stairs because she would fall onto a tiled floor. Um, she's got to make it round a corner first, but I don't think that's probably very difficult. So, not willing to take the risk, at some point in the not too distant future, I imagine we will have to have one baby gate at the top of the stairs and one baby gate at the bottom of the stairs. So if any of you are listening to this and you have some nice baby gate recommendations, that would be really nice. We already have one from when my family dog comes to stay and we have to stop him from going upstairs because we don't want him upstairs. So we do have one. So we just need to buy one for upstairs, really. One that doesn't damage the wall because we have lath and plaster walls in our house, so we don't want anything denting the walls. So we won't be able to get it out very easily. So any recommendations? Very, very welcome. Routine. On to routine. So right now, we have a very similar routine, actually. Nothing much has changed. Amandine wakes up a little bit too early for my liking. She's at the moment waking up any time between five and six so normally around quarter past or half past five she wakes up now at the moment i'm really really tired everything's kind of starting to catch up with me um and i have actually been going in to feed her and then putting her back down again and she'll normally sleep until about seven so i will normally get about by the time i've finished feeding her i'll get about another hour of sleep which right now i really need so that's been what's working before so about maybe a week ago I wasn't putting her back down. I'd feed her in bed with me, maybe get half an hour of dozing, and then we'd play in bed for half an hour, and then I'd be up. But she still wants to stick. Even changing between the two of those, she still likes to stick to her nap at around half past eight, nine o'clock. So she'll then be, you know, we'll go downstairs, we'll have breakfast, she'll eat her porridge, then we will um, come back upstairs and take a nap at around nine o'clock, between half past eight and nine o'clock. Again, I'm watching for her cues. If she's putting her thumb in her mouth and she looks a bit red round the eyes and she's yawning, we'll go up to bed earlier. If she's tired, she's tired. I don't stick to, you cannot go to sleep until nine o'clock. I don't stick to that. And then we will, she'll sleep for, at the moment, between an hour and a half and two hours. She still has a lovely long morning nap. Sorry, that was my email. I will turn that off. She yeah has a lovely morning nap for one and a half to two hours and then we'll come back downstairs, have a little top up of milk. So she'll get milk. She'll also get milk in the morning when she wakes up. A little bit of playtime or a morning outing. So there's normally three hours between her morning nap and her afternoon nap. She'll then eat around 12 o'clock. We'll have lunch, nap at one o'clock. And then she'll nap for two hours normally, one hour and 45 minutes to two hours. So that takes us to around three o'clock. Then we have another four hours before bed. So five o'clock, 5.30 is dinner time. And then a bit of playtime and then bath and bed around 6.30, bed by 7, 7.30. Again, it's kind of, you know, all within half an hour of time flexibility. But yes, I have been finding it quite tricky when I actually have something I want to be do get done in the day to fit it into the routine. Now, Amandine has always created this routine for herself. I've never forced anything on her at all. I've taken suggestions from people and I quite 
well, I mean, I don't have the, her courses or anything, but I do read a lot and listen a lot to um, Cara from Taking Cara Babies, um, which is, follow her on Instagram if you don't already, but her napping schedule seems to be completely in line with what Amandine has created for herself. So that's worked really well for us. And just being able to look at that and think, okay, so we're dropping a nap because we, we dropped the third nap. I dropped it maybe two weeks. I'm not sure if I've discussed this on here yet, but I I thought she wanted to drop it. So we dropped it for maybe a week and then she wanted it back again. And we had it back for about a week and then we dropped it and it stayed dropped. So she was taking another nap, maybe like 45 minute nap between around four o'clock and five o'clock, maybe 4.30 to 5.30, something like that. But bedtime was possibly a little bit later back then. So with routine, that's what's been happening with that. She's sleeping really well through the night, no issues. I haven't once had to go into her um, to check in on her in the night still, which is brilliant. Weaning, we are doing great with weaning. I am loving it. Never thought I'd say that, but I am. I've put a weaning post up on my Instagram. If you haven't yet had a look at that and you're starting weaning, go check it out. There's some tips and what I've bought, what I've found useful, uh, what I started with, all that kind of stuff. Also some really great, really great accounts to follow. Um, I think I've linked them in my highlights. I'm not too sure, but SR Nutrition, Charlotte Sterling Reed. She is helping uh, Joe Wicks with his new le- uh, Wean in 15 book. For his daughter Indy and we follow them both and they're actually great sources even if you're just looking for recipe ideas because sometimes I find that the hardest thing. I'm trying to give Amaldine a really varied diet but it's easier, much easier to just you know go into your fridge and if you don't have the capacity to think about what to cook her for dinner or for lunch or you know, what to give her. It's actually really great to just have a look on those accounts and think, oh yeah, okay, I have got the ingredients for that. I can do that. Her favourite meals are porridge. She loves her porridge. She loves an open omelette. That's also, um, I actually stole that from my friend Millie, who was making a frittata for her son. She made some for Amandine as well. I don't have a frittata pan, so we had to go with kind of like an open omelette. So I guess it's like a savoury pancake full of lots of things. You know, it's like an omelette, but without flipping it over. And in that, I put one egg, paprika, pepper, spinach, cheddar, and occasionally some tomatoes. But I'm really careful giving tomatoes because they retain heat a lot more than the egg does. So you don't want to test it. And then give it to them and they'll test and they'll have some and a bit of hot tomato will squirt out in their mouth. That's not very pleasant, is it? So I don't normally put the tomato in. I'll put cold tomato on the side. But we've also been trialing tomato because there's one dish that I make her, which actually two is a mushroom chili and also which isn't very spicy because you'd think it was the spice, but it's not. And then a new potato and sweet potato melange kind of thing with kidney beans and rosemary and tomato. So like a passata type thing. Both of those dishes tend to burn her bottom when she does a poo, like really burn her bottom. Takes about three or four days to recover from, almost looks a little bit blistered. The minute she does a poo, we know. So she is out of that nappy within five minutes whenever she's done a poo. So it's not the length of time that she's left in there at all. It is 
it's definitely the food. So I've been playing around with the tomato. I put, um, I made her, I guess a mushroom type chilli thing. Um, but I did it with fresh tomatoes cooked in the pan. Um, so no passata. And we haven't had any horrible poos yet where they've burnt her bottom. So I will go back to trying the passata again at some point. But just not yet because it really is horrible when it happens. Sometimes I thought it was down to teething, but she's teething at the moment. She's done quite a lot of poos at the moment. None of them have burnt her bottom. She's had a little bit of nappy, just redness around her bottom, um, but it's been front bottom and back bottom, so it hasn't um, hasn't just been poo, if you see what I mean. She's loving feeding herself. We went through a stage where she just wanted to be spoon-fed, which was fine. I'm happy to do that. But I've also been doing a bit of baby-led where she'll put the food in her own mouth and she'll teach herself to feed. She's doing great with that. That's why she loves the open omelette so much. I just cut it into little fingers and she can feed herself. She's now started to reach for um, her porridge to try and feed herself that, but unfortunately not with the spoon. She wants to just shove those hands in and get it in her mouth. I adore watching her trying to eat peas and sweet corn. She loves eating sweet corn. In fact, I gave her a tuna sweet corn sandwich for the very first time. Saw one of my friends give their son a sandwich when we went on a little picnic and I thought, why have I never thought of a sandwich? <laughs> so I got some lovely brown bread, a seeded brown bread, and I made a little tuna sweet corn sandwich for Amandine and it was very funny. She, she loved it. It was gone within minutes. She absolutely loved it. And she was feeding herself these little finger sandwiches. And then I was eating the same, because, you know, who doesn't love a tuna sandwich? I was eating the same, and she kind of reached for mine. So I thought, okay, well, maybe she'll still hungry. I'll give her mine. And she picked out the sweet corn, ate the sweet corn, and then literally passed me my sandwich back. <laughs> As if to say, thanks, mummy. I've had the bit I like now. You can have the rest. It was really funny. And for, I normally do give her a bit of dessert. So if you follow um, Charlotte uh, Sterling Reed, I'm sure it's Charlotte, not Charlie. So it's, I'm sure it's Charlotte. Um, she gives her son, Rafi, everything to eat on one plate. So she'll give yogurt and fruit and um, sweet potato and, you know, whatever she's giving, savoury and sweet all together on one plate and then Rafi can choose what he wants when. I find with Amandine, she gets overwhelmed if there's too much in front of her. So I will give her a slice of her omelette or a spoonful of porridge or um, if I gave her a plate full of things, I know she'd get really overwhelmed. Rafi is a lot older um, than Amandine, but so I have been giving her kind of, you know, a main course and then a dessert. But as we start to develop with weaning, I'm definitely going to try and give her everything at the same time so she can choose. Because I do love the way of thinking that um, you're, you don't have to get through a meal to then get to your dessert. If you want to have the sweet stuff, have the sweet stuff. And also I don't want to create like a hierarchy. Charlotte was talking about this on her Instagram account and I think it's great. I don't want to create a kind of a hierarchy of foods of, you know, the sweets are better than the veggies. I want her to be able to choose what she likes first. A good teething tip, um, I think I shared this last um, last time, but maybe I didn't. Watermelon, especially in the summer, watermelon in the fridge. So good for relieving teething. Amandine literally wolf down a couple of triangles of watermelon and uh, her teeth have really been hurting 
on to the teething thing. Now in series five of the podcast, I have a, um, episode with the mummy dentist. She's absolutely brilliant. And we're talking all about teeth, more about brushing than teething. But I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but Amandine is biting me. And I think it's because she, not just my nipples, that's different, but she'll bite my shoulder if I'm having a hug. And I think it's just because her teeth are hurting so much. Um, but it's really painful and you try not to kind of raise your voice, but ow, 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 it hurts. Um, and she won't just kind of bite down and then release like a tester bite. She will bite and hold and wait. Um, and then I have to kind of pry her off. Any tips on uh, how to handle that one would be greatly appreciated. If you're listening, please just DM me real quick. Um, I'd be really grateful. Thank you. On to clothes. So we are still very much fitting into her six to nine month clothes. I'm trying to not buy anything that's nine to 12 months. And in fact, we're almost at the other end. Amandine is 11 months next week. So I'm definitely not going to buy her anything in the nine to 12 month. Also saying that we're going to a christening on Sunday and I bought her a cute little dress because she didn't have one that was really appropriate. And I did buy it in the nine to 12 months. So, um, but I think we'll be in nine to 12 month stuff for probably quite a little bit of time. Cause I have a couple of nine to 12 month dresses that aren't suitable for a christening, but they are in her wardrobe and they are so long on her. They are ba- basically like baby maxi dresses and they look ridiculous every time I put them on her. Um, so she's obviously not going to be the tallest baby in the world, but she is so cute. We have our 10 to 12 month checkup on the second week of August. So it'll be really, really great to see how she is um, progressing. I'm very excited to have that, but not so excited for the injections, which I guess don't come to later after. Um, so yeah, we have that. I wasn't going to mention this on um, for a little while, and I probably won't mention it on my social media because I know that there are a lot of different views on it, but, um, and you know, we, we, we're just doing it for us at the moment, but we have actually started to encourage Amandine to go on the potty. So I bought a couple of potties from Ikea. I just bought the really small ones and they're brilliant. If you want to try and start fairly early, um, They're the all green ones. There's only two types that you can buy. There's a white and green one and there's an all green one. It's much smaller. I bought the all green one. It is much, much smaller and it's brilliant. It was £2.50. I bought a couple, one for upstairs, one for downstairs. I bought a bigger one for my mum's house. Um, And every time she wakes up from a nap, she normally has a dry nappy. So we are encouraging her to sit on the potty. And we've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. And when we do sit her on the potty, 98% of the time, I'd say, we get a wee, which is brilliant. We've had one poo and a wee on the potty, just one. We're not forcing it. If she has done a wee in her nappy and it's warm and she's clearly just gone, we're not putting her on the potty. So we're not making her sit on it. If we see, it's very rare that we catch her, but if we see in her face that she's doing a poo, we have attempted a couple of times to get her on the potty, but we haven't, we haven't been successful. She's always gone. She's pretty quick now. (laughs) She's always gone in her nappy. Um, But she really enjoys being on the potty and when I'm brushing my teeth and washing my face in the morning, I'll pop her on the potty and she'll do a wee. And actually it's kind of just become part of our morning routine. And 
it's great. It is early to be starting, um, but I do really think that Amandine is showing us the cues of wanting to be clean. Um, she hates it every time she's done a wee or a poo in her nappy, she is not happy. Um, and she just wants to be dry and clean, I think. So I thought, why not? Why not? Give it a try. See what happens. No pressure whatsoever. And I don't see any harm in getting them used to just sitting on the potty. And if she does a wee, brilliant. If not, no big deal. Which brings me on to reusable nappies. I am now 100% reusable. Woohoo! Apart from the very occasional... In fact, when was the last time I used a nappy, a disposable nappy. I reckon maybe two weeks ago and that's when Amandine had a really bad bout of uh, nappy rash. Really, really, really bad. Not from the nappies, it was from the tomato that I was explaining before and it looked really sore and painful so I put her in one overnight and that was to help her um, stay really dry on the bottom. I didn't have fleece liners back then so I bought a load more reusable nappies the brands I find best are Bambino Mio, which are fitting really, really well now, Tot Spots, and especially overnight, we found a solution that keeps her completely dry overnight and is absolutely fantastic. By dry, I mean no leaks. Um, it's the Tot Spots Bamboozle with a peanut wrap and a fleece liner. Absolutely brilliant. And in fact, this morning was the first time I woke up and Amandine hadn't completely made her bamboozle soaked all the way through so it was a little bit dry and she went to the loo on the potty this morning which was great um but they're brilliant we also have some is it bababoo ones which are poppers they are fantastic as well really really like those i only use the tot spots bamboozle for overnight with the peanut wrap because they are brilliant i have three of those so I'm still washing every other day, but actually my bin is full every other day. So I am happy to wash every other day. Also, I only have one set of cheeky wipes, so need to have my wipes as well. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really happy to say that I'm pretty much 100% um, reusable. It makes me feel really good and that I'm doing my part where I can. I am in no way saying you should go and go 100% reusable right now. Sometimes it's just not possible and I get that. I really, really get that. I'm in a place where I can do it. But even if you just have one reusable nappy, you save a lot of nappies going to landfill. So you, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It really, really doesn't. So on to going out and about. So Amandine has been doing her swimming. We don't have swimming for the next couple, well, I guess six weeks, we start swimming again in September. And actually yesterday I felt really lost, really, really lost. Yesterday was Monday. We normally have swimming on a Monday morning and that's kind of our Monday thing. And I guess going out, doing an activity, seeing other babies kind of keeps me, you know, feeling like I'm doing something for Amandine um, other than, you know, just me. But when we didn't have it yesterday, God, I felt so weird all day. I almost felt lost. Like I didn't know if I was going out or staying in. I felt like I should go out, but I didn't really have anything to do or necessarily want to go out. In the end, I just ended up going for a nice stroll around my village. It was lovely. We went to the swings. We went and bought ice cream. It was really, really nice and chilled. Um, 
And that was all I needed to do was just walk out of the front door. And sometimes that is all you need to do. But I felt really stuck. I felt really stuck at home. And it wasn't good for me mentally. I was driving myself mad with being so indecisive. I'm rubbish with decision making anyway. If I can avoid it. In fact, the best gift anyone can ever give to me is by literally organising a day for me or telling me what I'm doing. I hate making decisions. I feel like I'm always trying to please other people. Um, which I'd rather do and I just I just end up getting into a whole pickle of you know silliness when I try and do that rather than being decisive so yeah I've been dealing with that these last few days and I put an Instagram actually out on my uh on my grid a couple well that would be if you're listening to this now that would be on Monday so do go check it out if you're feeling a little bit stuck as well but just essentially get on your trainers or your flip-flops, put on your baby carrier, grab your pram, or if you're pregnant, just grab yourself and get out of the front door. It's really hard sometimes, especially if you don't necessarily want company, because I didn't really want company. I didn't really want to have to talk to other people. Um, I didn't really, you know, want to go and spend money. I just needed to get out of the house. So I did walk out the front door. Okay, I've had quite a few questions about work and getting back into it. I mean, I am still doing the podcast, as you can see. Yoga-wise, I haven't started teaching again yet. I did a couple of random sup-yogas teaching, but I don't really class that as going back to work. Um, I mean, I guess I am working. I had the Bugaboo event, and if you count the podcast as working, I mean, I love it so much that... I guess it is work, but I don't really see it as work, but I love it. But there is a lot of organisation that goes on behind the scenes that you guys don't necessarily um, get to see. So I suppose I've been kind of working on it ever since Amandine was born. Well, before, actually, before. So I'm just fitting it around Amandine, really. Um, trying to get as much things, as many things as I can done when she naps and uh, late evenings, doing lots of things late into the evening, um, early mornings if she hasn't yet woken up or sometimes, you know, I'll put her back in her cot and then do some work. Her morning nap, her lunchtime nap, when those naps go, that's when I'll be in trouble and I won't know what I am meant to be doing. Um, but at the moment it's working really well and we are finding our groove, how that goes, which is nice, really nice. I wanted to tell you about some recent purchases. None of this is gifted. I bought these items because I think they're great and we've had them before and I needed them and I thought I would share just useful things. Most of it's around weaning actually, so we've lost way too many clothes to uh, weaning. So I've bought some more full body, full cape bibs from Ikea, just the spotty ones. They're really cute, they're great, they're £6 each. Quite expensive I think, but actually... Um, They'll probably last quite a long time. Bought sippy cups from Cogni Kids. So when I was speaking to Mummy Dentist, she was saying it's really great to try and get your baby to start sipping from an open cup rather than sucking uh, when they are approaching kind of 10 months onwards. So I got some Cogni Kids sippy cups. They are meant to be really tactile so babies can get their little fingers into the holes and start sipping. Whenever I try and give the cup to Amandine, she just tries to spill the water out. It's fun for her at the moment. So I'm 
essentially giving it to her to sip out of. But when we travel or when we go out for the day or we go to the park or something, um, I take the one with the sippy lid. So she, the one I've mentioned before, it is a munchkin kids cup. And we take that one because it's non-spill and I end up not getting it all over the changing bag. Also recently bought another toothbrush and toothpaste from Brush Baby. So I bought the toothbrush that isn't meant for your baby. It's an adult, it's a baby one, but it's used by an adult brushing baby's teeth. And also the apple mint flavour Brush Baby toothpaste. Now, I think, remembering correctly from the mummy dentist... She was saying that the recommendation for fluoride is a is a thousand ppm. I bought five hundred, so it was a lower fluoride one because Hendrik and I are, you know, a little unsure about the whole fluoride thing. So we thought we'd go somewhere in the middle, and we have a little bit of fluoride. But I tell you what, brushing teeth, flipping heck, that is tricky. <laughs> Amandine likes to hold the toothbrush, she likes to hold it herself, she likes to bite down on it, she likes to play with it in her mouth. The minute I try and give her teeth a little bit of a brush, not so great, not so great. In fact, I was thinking I might buy the toothbrush that you put on your finger and then you can put your finger in the mouth and just scrub the teeth a little bit. And this we didn't buy, but Hendrik made Hendrik made a tunnel out of an old box. It was actually the box our playmat came in and he made a tunnel for Amandine and it was it's absolutely brilliant. She loves it. She loves it, loves it, loves it. Um, and it's better than any tunnel that we would buy, that's for sure. Just cardboard box and then he's put like a um, bit of a wood, just one tiny little section of wood around it to hold the cardboard box up all the time. So I'm going to start answering some of your questions now because otherwise this is going to be a really long podcast again. Um, I'm so rubbish on site at compacting everything into a small amount of information, but hopefully you're on a nice long walk somewhere or you're sitting drinking a cup of tea or you're hanging out with your babe and you're just listening along. Um, okay, let's start with the ones on the podcast, on the uh, post I put on my Instagram grid. So... Hi Emma, can you tell us about your plans for going back to work and for childcare? I go back to work on Thursday and though I'm sad about leaving my little girl with our nanny, I'm also excited to be me again. So I wanted to pick up on a couple of things of this um, question. Thank you so much for your question for starters. First thing I guess is I wanted to pick up on um, I'm so excited to be me again. Now I've read quite a lot of uh, comments recently about wanting to be you again, finding your own, finding your old self, not letting go of who you were before. And I think that's important, yes, but it's also really important, um, if I can be so bold and brave to say so, that you're never going to be the same person you were before. You've just given birth, made a human, given birth to this amazing little girl, and you are, you're, you are a new woman. Um, so I, I would never want for someone to think or, you know, go back to what they were doing before and think, why, why am I not like I was before? You can't possibly be like you were before. You've been through too much. You are, you are now responsible for another human being. Um, embrace it, enjoy it, love it. There's more to come on this because I I feel quite strongly about it. Um, in a, from a very supportive way, obviously, but I uh, will answer more on that later, I promise you. Okay, can you tell us about your plans going back for childcare? 
So right now I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any, but I think at the moment, because my work's so sporadic, when I go back to teaching yoga and running retreats and all that kind of thing, and, you know, if there's more to do with mum talk and I need time to myself beyond naps, I'm not sure I'll find a nursery where I can literally drop them in for one or two hours. So it might have to be like a childminder, or maybe my mum will take care and I'll have a fixed day, or, you know, like a week in advance we'll organise what day... Um, she's going to have or something like that but I think at the moment it'll be friends and family I don't think I'll be able to um, fix a plan as such also Hendrik's roster we get a month in advance and we know when he's going to be off so it might be that he has more daddy and Amandine days (laughs) which would be good and allow me to get a little bit more um, work done second question firstly love your podcast why thank you uh, I usually listen to you whilst I'm breastfeeding. So I have a question about when you started your nap routine with A and how you managed the dreaded sleep regression. My little boy is four and a half months. Nap times are all over the place and he is up feeding three to four times at night. Oh gosh, I know, I hear you. Amandine was feeding three to four times in the night for really quite some time. Um, we, I, as much as I kind of, I I mean, I love saying this, but I also hate saying it because I feel like I I can't really be much help talking from my experience, but we didn't really feel the sleep regression, regression. Um, and also think about it as a progression. They've got to get through it to then come out the other side. So really it's a progression rather than a regression. Um, I'm just repeating things that I've read, but have actually made real sense to me and that your little boy is progressing. He just needs this bit of time to relearn and then he will you know progress to the next point I would try and just stick with your normal routine so we really found um the routine got better and better the more we kept things the same so bath time very similar bedtime start off very similar I would always say you know really start trying to create a calming environment at least half an hour before you want them to go to sleep if not more Put them very softly in their PJs or have a bath, you know, read them a book, do it in the same order every night so they know what to expect. Um, we really found that helped with Amandine. Um, we started putting her upstairs and I guess she started building her own routine, I think when she was about eight to ten weeks old. And then it just went from there. Go back and have a listen to some of the earlier podcasts, series two and have a listen to those. I talk a lot about sleep, but you can pick out which ones I do talk about in sleep if you just go to the um, details and just have a little look through what I'm talking about. But have a bit of a listen to those, and I do talk about sleep and what our current routine was back then. bit superficial, but where do you get Amandine's clothes from? She always looks so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. So it's really a mixture of the French supermarket, when we're out in France, they have quite good clothes. Zara, I love Zara baby, really good and actually really quite um, okay cost-wise. And where else? That's it really. Yeah, that's it really actually. Thank you though. Our daughter will be six months in September. Where do you begin with introducing solids? Yeah, where do you begin? Um, Weaning, begin with purees, bits of broccoli, um, Charlotte Sterling Reed says to start with green stuff, I didn't, I started with sweet potato puree, I started with pureed carrots, I was terrified of her choking, 
We touch wood haven't had any bad choking episodes, but I've gradually encouraged Amandine to start kind of gradually putting a bit more lumps into her purees and then, you know, starting her with baby led weaning. And we did both from the very beginning. And I do really believe that you can do both. I think I talk about this a couple of podcasts back, but we do do both and it works really well. Um, But just start, essentially just start. Uh, And if it makes you feel comfortable, just do some purees, mix, you know, puree up some sweet potato, mix it with a bit of breast milk um, or, you know, almond milk, whatever they have. Um, And then maybe do some spinach or maybe do some peas. Peas are really good because they're a bit sweet, but they're also green. (laughs) Puree up some carrot or give very, very, very soft carrot sticks. See what happens. A lot of it will end up on the floor, but don't forget all of their nutrients are coming from their milk right now especially at six months. So don't stress about what they're putting in their mouth, what they're not putting in their mouth. It's not a big deal. I would just say start. A lot of it, actually all of it is about confidence, really. I really now feel very, very confident. Um, But back then, I just did not feel confident at all. I put it off, I put it off. I put it off until Amandine was about seven, seven and a half months. Um, I don't feel like we're behind now at all, but I just didn't have the confidence to start. And I was reading, 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 reading up on so much stuff and it wasn't getting me anywhere. So I just start, just start some mashed potato, anything, anything, just start. And for nap time, we rock her till she's drowsy, then put her down at six months stage. Should we be trying to put her down more awake and leave her to it? Do what works for you. I've always gone by doing what works for us. I fed Amandine to sleep for a really, really long time. And then gradually she started waking up on the boob. And then I'd put her down and then she'd go to bed and she'd fine. Do what's working. I wouldn't change anything. If you're rocking till she's drowsy and then you're putting her down, that's great. She's still awake when she goes down, but she's just, you know, drowsy. You you will find, or what I found with Amandine is that... I will, um, I'll put her down, she'll sit herself back up, she'll have a bit of a look around in her cot, and then she'll catapult herself onto her mattress, and then she's down. She's down for her nap. Um, they will progress in their own rate when they're ready, and if you've got something that's working for you, I wouldn't necessarily change it. Can a baby's skin become dependent on moisturiser? My four and a half month little girl gets dry skin, but loves her bath, so don't want to cut it down from the routine. I use oilatum probably saying that wrong, in the water, and cetraban, which seems to work, but don't want to cause a long-term problem. Now, I reached out to a doctor who follows me on here, and she very kindly answered, and she said, no, a baby skin can't get dependent on moisturiser. The bath is a big culprit in stripping the skin of its natural oils, though. If you don't want to cut it from her routine, I would suggest keep using the oilatum, and then when you take her out of the bath, use the moisturiser straight away to lock in the moisture. So there you go. I hope that's helpful. Right, on to some more questions. So these are the ones I got privately through the um, DMs, so you won't necessarily have heard these before. My little girl is almost out of the snooze pod where she had a little green mattress. What to buy for the big cot? So we have a Moki cot and we bought the Aloe natural mattress for the Moki. It's brilliant. Amandine loves it. Um, my mum bought a cot down for her house. We just bought a mother care mattress. I do believe the Ikea ones are quite good. Um, little Green Sheep Company. Uh also really good for mattresses, and also another mattress, uh, Natramat. 
Naturomat, which is actually a Devon-based company in Topsham, which is not far from me, they have a whole load of mattresses. And if you have a slightly odd cot, you can um, size it and they, they make it to any size you want, basically. How difficult is it to go away when you have a routine and do I have to just relax? <laughs> um, my little boy is four and a half months and we're in a routine now. Yeah, it's really challenging actually. I find this is the hardest thing that I find. Aldine loves her routine so much. She loves to go down for her morning nap. She loves to go down for her afternoon nap. It does stop us from doing things. It does. And sometimes I just let it go, and she's absolutely fine. Of course she is. She might be a little grouchy and a little tired, but she will sleep when she needs to if we're getting in the car or something. Yeah, just try and relax. I really felt like I missed out on our holiday in Portugal because everything was around Amandine's napping, and everything still is. You know, day by day, everything is around Amandine's naps, and sometimes I feel like the mum who is annoying her friends because... She can't, you know, be out of the house between one and three because Amandine has to have her nap. But some days when you just have stuff to do or you just want to go and see your friends or you want to be away and you want to enjoy your holiday, I do believe when they get to a certain age, if they're tired, they'll just sleep. But sometimes not. So do what works for you. Maybe give it a try. If you find out that your little boy is starting to act up, then maybe you've got to be a little bit more um, open around working it around him. Um, I do think you won't break your routine if you go away for, you know, five or six days or a week and your routine's slightly off and different. It will come back when you go back home again. I'm sure of it. I'm absolutely sure of it. What were A's initial teething symptoms and how old was she? So Amandine started teething, I reckon, when she was like two, three months old. And I feel like it's been ongoing from them. Really sore gums, wanting to bite down on things, um, grizzly, shoving her hand in her mouth, trying to bite her wrist, all that kind of stuff. So we just got her some teethers. We got her Ashton and Parsons teething powder. ABC homeopathic remedy from Helios. Um, we haven't had to give her really any cowpol or neurofen as far as teething goes. Uh, so at the moment, cold teethers, watermelon, that kind of stuff is really helping. Best gadget for cutting baby's nails. Worst job ever. Yes, it is the worst job ever. Um, I hate it too. We just have the Tommy TP nail clippers. And I put her in her high chair in front of the TV, in front of Hey Dougie, she loves it, that's the only time she really watches it, and I cut her nails, and that's what we do. And that was on a mention, that was a suggestion of one of you lovely people. So, thank you for that suggestion. Is it okay if a breastfed baby is only doing two poos a day? Yeah, I mean, I think in my experience, yes, Amandine would sometimes go six, seven days without doing a poo. Um, your little one is four months old, but I would say if you have any concerns, definitely contact your health professional, your GP, um, and just double check. You can get a phone call consultation for stuff like that. So you don't necessarily have to go in, but I would really recommend if you're worried or you think maybe it's abnormal, I can't offer any medical advice, but from my experience, Amandine even now will go two, three days without doing a poo and she's breastfed. 
Next question, what do you do about nap times when baby sleeps in? I find it throws the whole day out. <laughs> yeah, it does totally. And I've experienced that a little bit with me putting her back down into her cot because once she did sleep right the way through until eight and uh, I didn't annoyingly, but she did. And she goes down for her morning nap at 8.30, 9 o'clock. So yeah, it did throughout the whole day. But actually, I watched for her cue of when she wanted to go back to sleep and she actually wanted to go back to sleep at half past nine. So I think because she'd had interrupted sleep, she still woke up at five o'clock, she fed, she'd gone back for a bit of a nap, she'd then woken up again. It's not like she's gone all the way through until eight o'clock. But you can either look for their sleep cues or follow your normal routine. So if, say, she normally woke up or he normally woke up around seven o'clock and then you left it three hours until their next nap, just do that three hours from when they um, woke up. I wouldn't worry about it too much or, you know, just take it as a day where it's just going to all be a little bit up in the air and see what happens. And that might actually be quite refreshing for you. My six week old will only nap in my arms during the day. Any tips to get him in his cot? Oh God, what I would give for Amandine to nap in my arms. I really miss, miss, miss those days a lot. But I know when you're in those days, sometimes you just want to be able to let them go, have a nap yourself, put them in their cot. What are my tips for that? Um, make sure the sheet's nice and warm. So when you put them down in their cot, make sure it's nice and warm. If they pop, perhaps put them near you. Um, so if you're going to take a nap, put them down in their cot and you go next to it. So they're there. Um, if you have something like a sleepy head, we did this. Uh, where Amandine would fall to sleep with us. And then we would put her into her sleepy head and then we'd put her into her cot and she'd be none the wiser. Try to just very slowly get them used to being in their cot throughout the day. Maybe leave them in the cot with their mobile. If you have a baby mobile over the top, just have them hanging out there for a little bit. So I would be in Amandine's nursery just, you know, folding laundry or even sometimes reading a book or something and I just leave her just for a moment um, or a few moments lying in her cot just hanging out getting used to the where she's going to be and you just want to get them familiar with the environment that's what I found the more and more I got her familiar with her bedroom with her cot now she just has never had any issues going in her cot whatsoever because from day one I just would put her in there just to hang out if I needed five minutes I'd know she was safe she couldn't go anywhere she couldn't roll anywhere she couldn't tip on tip over um so I guess that would be my top tip for that so I think I have answered all of your questions. A lot of them that came through were of course very similar. I'm just literally going onto my Instagram right now to check that no one has sent through any very last minute questions, but I don't think you have. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you've um, been able to uh, gain a bit of insight from my experience. Again, I'm no professional on this and there are some brilliant Instagram accounts. I'll continue to try and highlight some of my favorite accounts as I go through, you know, using um, the Mum Talk podcast account. Actually, there was another question that I was going to come back to and it has just reminded me saying that about mum meetings. Meetups. So 
Could we see if listeners are happy to share locations and possible meetups for walks and talks? This is something that I'm really trying to put together for you guys, especially if you um, are in the Devon area, because it would be really, really nice to try and get some of us together. So if you're listening to this and you're keen for that, then definitely pop me a message. But yes, use the Instagram page. That's all I can say, really, is maybe I'll put up a bit of a friendship um friendship note or I'll try and like segment I don't quite know how to do it really um because some people might not want to share their location actually on Instagram where everyone can see it but if it's a private message where I can help connect two people then that would be great as well so let me try and figure out how to do that if anyone's got any ideas it would be really nice to be able to use that community but if you are listening and thinking yeah I'll just let you know where I am then um pop me a dm and I will somehow try and connect connect you with other people because I think that would be really lovely but yes I am trying to do that it is my next thing on my list to try and get some meetups going and some talks and some fun stuff and I think that brings us to a close which actually brings me on to saying the winner of the randomly selected winner for the Ergo Baby Carrier. If you've been listening to this whole thing, waiting for the winner, thank you so much. Thank you so much for all of your reviews, all of your kind, kind words on the iTunes review page. I so appreciate it. We now have a wonderful five-star rating and I think something like 83 reviews, um of the stars and then I think like 40 reviews with actual words which is just so lovely to read if you haven't had a read yet definitely go and have a read there are some lovely words but the winner is Abel with a hashtag on the reviews so thank you so much Abby for doing that review pop me a direct message and we will get the Ergo Baby out to you really really appreciate all of your comments thank you so so much for all of your support and thank you for all of your support through season four i am so excited to get season five ready it is not long if there is it's actually a really jam-packed season five but if you have anyone that you really really would love to come on the podcast always drop me their names or how to get in contact with them on my dms um or on one of my posts whatever you would like but continue to ask the questions. I'll do a few kind of um, Q&As on my Instagram. So make sure you're following over at Mum Talk Podcast. I am finding it a little bit tricky to juggle everything right now. That's why I'm not particularly active on social media all the time. It kind of comes in waves of days, but hopefully it's all useful stuff. Um, and then just me sharing from my experience because that's all I can do. And I do really want to hammer that home is that this is just my experience no babies are the same no one's situations are exactly the same so it may well seem that we have you know a perfect baby who is you know does everything by the book but we don't we have our own struggles as well Hendrik and I have our own struggles it's not easy but at the same time it is the most wonderful thing on that note, thank you so much for listening. I adore every one of you for listening. Thank you. I hope you've had a lovely stroll or a cup of tea or some time out. I will catch up with you all in the new season or series, I should call it. Coming first or second week of September, not entirely sure. 
but it'll be in your ears very, very soon. In the meantime, connect with me on Instagram, mumtalkpodcast, or by email, mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe and review if you haven't. I will be running more competitions in the future, um, and I would love, love, love to hear what you think of the podcast, so please do head over and review. It really helps me to stay visible for other mums who may need to hear this podcast. Catch up with you all next series. Bye!